Welcome to Daddy Square, episode 6. Good morning, Alex. Oh, are we doing morning? Good morning. <laughs> Actually, we recorded at night. Yes. Our yeah, kids went to sleep. sleep. We had no babysitter this weekend. Anyway, um, yeah. Alex had a very uh, hard day today, uh, parenting-wise. I won't lie. Yes. I did. Oh, you want me to talk about it? Do you want to? Sure. Um... I picked the kids up after work today. Sorry. I'm trying not to either fall asleep or start crying. Uh, <clears throat> so I picked the kids up after after school and took them to the park. And, you know, fun was had and the kids were whatever. And then I went to take them home. And uh, Ben didn't want to go. Ben didn't want to go. As and always. Ben threw a full Mussolini, you know, screaming and throwing himself to the ground and refusing to move. It was delightful. Um, and... Uh, at one point, uh, Adam and I started making our way towards the car, and I did that thing that you do where you leave your kid, you know, I don't know, 25 feet back, and you say, okay, we're going now, and uh, wait for him to come running towards you, and I went around a corner, and he's a stubborn kid, and so he was just sitting there, and I just went around the corner and waited for a few seconds. I hear this woman scream and of course I immediately dashed out because I was like oh my god what has happened and she's standing there some someone somewhere in her mid-30s she has two uh, teenagers with her and she's screaming who is this child who is this child and I'm like oh that that's mine and she turns to me and she goes from concern to some kind of anger and she says I should call the police how could you leave your child here like this I can't believe it. Now, I had just had a pretty hard time with Ben, and I was in a pretty brittle state myself, and I said to her, you know, how dare you try to tell me how I'm supposed to parent my child? You want to call the police? Call the police. And she goes on telling me about how I'm endangering my child and all this kind of stuff. And I said, why is this your decision to make how I'm doing it? And as she walks away with her children, she says, because I'm a mother. At which point I screamed at her, you're also a sexist pig. Because there's a, a, a tremendous sexism in that statement. I mean, how dare dare she how dare she pull the mother card as if because she's a mother she knows how i should father yes i i don't know alec came, came home and told me this story and i'm i got really angry and i think that what what's angering me the most is that alex has already had a tough time with a kid so i guess her kids were old enough for her to forget what it's like to be with uh, two kids at age three um, where you have to negotiate and fight with them and they don't want to do it. They just learn to not wanting what, what you ask them to, to do. So it's so hard to manipulate them into doing the routine that they're what we're supposed to do. And it's sometimes um, just plain exasperating and there's not really much you can do about it. Exactly. That. But the fact that she didn't recognize that and she criticized him in the middle of the street and added to the level of stress as if she was saying that he's not a good parent and his decisions are him not being a good parent, I think it's wrong in so many levels and it's so upsetting and it also reminds me that it happens a lot on the internet. Like people are allowing themselves to comment and be mean and be rude 
because they don't know the person and they don't know the effect that it has on the person. Well, so I'm sure, I'm sure she thought she was totally right and she did something good for society, but Alex came home crying and telling me that he's not a good father and he didn't know what to do with himself. And I disagree with, with the whole shaming and, and, and you know, putting down people like that, either if it's you know, in person or online. Well, look, so let me say this, right? If it's a hot summer day and you find a child alone in a car with the windows rolled up, their parent has done something very bad yeah. Right. And uh, uh, that's a reason to be very concerned. Um, but when a parent is doing something that you find to be questionable, and I have seen it plenty of times myself, even since even before I had kids, but certainly since I had kids, when I see that, you know what my f- first reaction is? That poor bastard. I feel like the parent needs help. And so yeah. very often what I'll actually do is, oh, can I help you with that? Can I do something for you? This was not her reaction. Her yeah. reaction was, you know, crazy person. In addition to that, pulling the mother card, which, as I said, really triggered me like nobody's business. Yeah. So so yeah. that was our weekly experience. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> well, wait, I just also want to yeah. say this is the first time it's ever happened to me in three years. I've had subtle suggestions from other parents like, oh, you do that? Oh, that's like, fine. Like we did last two weeks ago when we commented on uh, people's uh, purchases online at Target. Right. Well, right. Although I think <laughs> that, that was, was very subtle. It was warm but it, and it was direct, but it was warm, you know. But I've had, you know, I've had some of this subtle stuff. But this is the first time in three years that I've had that level of, of I don't know, accusation from from somebody, a stranger from a stranger yeah. or from a friend and it was it was devastating really devastating because wait i just want to add one more thing i don't think there are any secure parents i don't yes. think that exists and so it's really easy to push a parent over the line into believing that they're terrible at what they're doing. And you better think long and hard before you do that to somebody because it's a pretty brutal thing to do. Yeah. Um, And whatever he said, I just want to make it broader and make it and reminding everybody that it's happening all the time online as well. Um, And the, the whole shaming thing, I don't know. So let's talk about dogs. But yeah, but first I want to kind of uh, move uh, to a happier story sure. or to a happier announcement. Um, from this week on, Alex, we're joining Gays with Kids. Yay, that's Yay. right. Uh, so for those who don't know this phenomenal uh, website, gayswithkids.com is a, it's actually an online, amazing online resource that I'm following for years for years, for three years since our kids were born. And it's kind of a magazine that provides all sorts of stories and pictures and and support basically uh, for the gay dads community. Um, And we're joining as an official podcast. Love it. I love that. Um, So I invite you all to kind of check check out this website if you haven't yet. And um, and we're going to put this their logo on our on our page now and we're joining to a new joining world. the so, family hi. yeah the gays with kids family mm-hmm. so now we're talking about pets Let's talk uh, about pets. yes this week we talked to mark hebert medical director at vca tlc animal hospital in west hollywood that's our uh, that happens to also be our 
veterinary hospital. Yes. And we actually wanted to bring our dog for this interview, but at the last minute he just, I figured, why would he want to go to that hospital? Because yeah. every time he goes there, he's in yeah. trauma. Um, not because the place is bad, <laughs> because he's in trauma, because they're taking him away and... Sticking doing, things up his hoo-ha and yeah, whatever and else. stuff yeah. like that. So we didn't bring him, but uh, it is a fascinating interview. I can tell you that. Uh, not only that uh, Mark is giving us some revelations. Real revelations, I have to say. Yes. I was pretty surprised about some of this stuff. Yeah, but his, his personal story is very interesting. Yeah. He was married to a woman... Uh, he married to a wim- woman who already had a kid, so he yeah. kind of, I don't know if we never talked about whether he adopted that kid or not, but he well, yeah. he raised this kid, uh, they had two more kids together, and then they got divorced, he ma- remarried to a man here in California. They had three kids, and then they got divorced. Um, he has grandchildren. He yeah. doesn't look like he should be able to have grandchildren, yeah. I just want to say. Well, his uh, picture is on Gaze with Kids website. Good-looking veterinarian. We are going to listen to the interview in, in one minute. I just want to mention a beautiful article that I uh, read this week about... Um, on, I read it on Fatherly. It's by a person called Alexander Fernandez. Uh, the title of it is, uh, is, My son has two dads. This is what happens when he started calling every woman he met mommy. <laughs> His son is two. He writes about comments that he got, speaking about uh, sexist pigs, especially for women, like comments that he get. Is it mommy's day off? Oh, I see. I think that's too harsh. Why are you being so harsh about people who ask that question? Uh, So, and he writes that uh, uh, over a few weeks, the kids started calling every woman he saw on the street, mommy, the librarian, the cashier at the grocery store, his doctor, and mommy's at the park. Um, I saw her, by the way. I, walking. I show the kids. I don't Look, care. kids, here's RuPaul. I don't care. I'm going to post it. It's really, really cute. And I thought I kind of identified with that because our kids, it's kind of similar because the kids are calling mommy to a person who they hear is mommy. For example, we have our friend, our friend yeah. who is a mommy. So, and, and they hear their friends call Right, so they assume that her name is essentially mommy, mommy, yeah. yeah. Uh, However, with our kids, because uh, we play a lot of Kylie Minogue in our house, when they used to be a little younger, they used to refer as every blonde woman walking down the street as Kylie. (laughs) Look, Dad, here's Kylie. And I'm like, no, that's not Kylie Minogue. No, that's an 85-year-old woman. (laughs) I had to say the Minogue, and I had to say it out loud for them to laugh. And, you know, get a compliment because I, I thought it's kind of embarrassing of my kids pointing at women randomly down the street. You're too sad to, to, to actually comment about this. So let's go da- Wait, straight I, to the interview. I, I will say this. I will say this. You know, this is as much about race as it is about sexuality, as it is about anything else. I I am concerned that, um, you know, if if a woman walks up to me and says when I'm with the kids and says, you know, oh, is it is it is it mommy's day off or something like that? I really 
I don't see that as a reason to be upset or uh, to be no, sensitive. No, he wasn't upset no, well, good. in the article as well. Good, because as far as I'm concerned, it's an opportunity to share something that might open her world up a little bit. You know, you say, actually, you know, mommy is daddy, and yes, it's his day off today. And and she goes, she gets to go, oh, oh, right, oh, I understand. And I think that that's better than responding with a, you know, uh, an offended or negative, you know, reaction. Mm-hmm. Should we do this? Yes. All Here's right. Mark Hebert. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. First of all, I heard a lot of recommendation of uh, trying a pet before you try a baby. As often as something happens, I mean, I uh, often uh, meet clients and their first kids are their pets. Um, And often when people are single, um, where they'll get their pet to start with. So uh, in this practice, I've been here for almost 18 years. And I often meet people when they've recently graduated from college. They have their bat, their pet, rather. I'm sorry, and uh, then I'll see them through their their first child, their mm-hmm. relationship, and then often the pets they get once they're in a relationship, and then I see their children, and so on and so forth. So it's do it's you, amazing. Do you buy the the idea that um, having a pet gives you any kind of hint or clue or feel for what you're getting into? Well, I made the recommendation with my ex-husband, and so we did that right. <laughs> before we had children, and we can tell from what I just said how that turned out. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think there's absolutely some value in having uh, uh, uh Pets is a component or a lead way. I think they're very similar to having children myself. Mm-hmm. Um, pets and young children, have, there are a lot of a lot of similarities. You know, my experience was that when I got um, my first dog that I had on my own as an adult, it was the first few days that reminds me a little bit of what the first few days with my kids were. Mm-hmm. It was this, oh my God, I've made a mistake. I'm going to have to return the dog. It's too much responsibility. It's, you know, it's going to be awful. The big difference was that within a week, I was kind of had the feel for it. I loved the dog. Everything was good. The kids took a lot longer to experience that transition. But that initial feeling certainly overlapped between uh, the kids and uh, the dog for me anyway. Well, it's very true. I I I often see people who have gotten pets again once they've had children and their previous pets are somewhere else, shall we say, and they're on to their second set of uh, pet children, and they forget how much work it is to um, uh, to have a new puppy, especially new puppy kittens are usually fairly easy, and they're going through the sleepless nights, and they're going through the potty training, and I will remind them that every two weeks is a dramatic change, and then I usually preface it by saying, Unlike with human children, where this process takes years. Right, right. Yeah, it makes sense. Or how at many, least months. How many kids do you have? I have five and I say half. Um, I've been married twice. I okay. sort of have two families. Okay. Um, my uh, first family, when I met my uh, now ex-wife, um, she had a son who was 11 years old. So we raised him until he went to college. 
and then we had two daughters, and then I have three children with my ex-husbands. Surrogacy or husband? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Los Angeles. <laughs> a surrogacy or a... uh, so my two oldest children are biologically mine, um, and then we have a blend of things that happen. So we started out with surrogacy with the intent of adopting at some point in time. Mm -hmm. And we had a bit of a rocky start with surrogacy. We had an ectopic pregnancy and it's all quite the story. Um, the, uh, and I started the adoption ball rolling um, after the uh, ectopic pregnancy and we were having some difficulties. My ex-husband was, he couldn't wait to have children. It was very emotional for him and uh, um, uh, wanted to, him to have another focus. Um, you, you know, I'm sure you know what it's like, um, you know, the anticipation of trying to get pregnant. I mean, people that go through that. So, so we end up, uh, our first child together was adopted. Um, we've adopted all three, all three of our children, I should say. We've had from birth, we, I've been oh. through every labor except for my stepson mm -hmm. uh, uh, with, with all my children. I was there. So our second child was adopted as well. And then our original surrogate, who had one ovary, and I had maintained a friendship with, insisted we have a child with her and try it again. So we did traditional surrogacy with my ex-husband wow, wow. and she got pregnant the first time. And so our youngest okay, son so you have is- two different two different families now? Two? We have all three children are not related. Okay. Um, two are adopted, one is a surrogacy baby with right. my ex-husband. And then of course I have two biological children. I have a stepson, I have three biologic grandchildren and I have two my stepson has two children as well wow I have to tell you that's uh, <laughs> I can't keep all of that in my a, head yeah, but so that's great it happens really fast once you get that ball rolling <laughs> <laughs> cool so so you're saying that with your ex-husband you had uh, you had a pet we, we, a we adopted two dogs right. he wanted so to have children right away and yeah I said with my ex-wife, she got pregnant when we were engaged. And I said, I'm not doing that again. We're going to have pets first. Right. Um, being the experienced uh, father that I was at that point in time. And so we uh, got two dogs uh, that uh, were through a rescue group. Um, so they, uh, 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 I had actually, I had uh, two clients that came in. I had just started working here and uh, they had brought a puppy in and I I remember the I remember it clearly to this day and uh, it was a catalog cross and I fell in love with this dog and they said oh well she has a sister so my ex-husband went down I was working it was a weekend and he went down and uh, looked at this dog and he had to put his name on a list and it was up against us and this uh, soap star actress <laughs> who's also happened to be a client of mine I ended up finding out later um, and uh, we adopted her and then the original people who had the catalog cross I like couldn't keep the dog. So we ended up getting both sisters oh, wow. at the end of the day. Well, let's face it. Between yeah. the actress and you, mm -hmm. you're a vet. You're going to get the dog. I mean, if I'm choosing who gets the dog, I'm going to give the dog to a veterinarian, not to a TV star. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know where we live, right? <laughs> well, that, that, that's exactly. It's true. It's true. Uh, so, how did you introduce the the new baby? Well, the dogs were about f four years old, I think, at the time. 
three years old, maybe somewhere around there. The oldest just passed away this past January oh. at 16. She, wow. Um, oh, wow. she had a long, healthy, uneventful life. She was technically my ex-husband's dog, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, our other dog had passed away a few years earlier. Um, but they were both very healthy right up until thank God, right up until the end, more mm-hmm. or less. So uh, we were very fortunate. They were fortunate, but yeah, yeah. we had them a long time. Um, the, so they uh, were four when introductions, they... yeah. of course, happen gradually. As you know, the uh, we had a two-story house, uh, the kids' room. They they're in a crib to start with. I mean, it's not like they have full access to the dogs. So the dogs have time to acclimatize, so to speak. They know there's another individual in the home. Um, So it's a very gradual sort of thing. So when, here's my question, when you brought the first dog into contact with the first kid, what, what did the dog do? Yeah, was it dramatic for a dog? Because, you know, especially for for gay parents, Mm -hmm. dogs like, get the whole world, at least here in West Hollywood. Um, And then the babies come and you just, even if you want to, you don't have enough time for them. So it can be traumatic. Um, I certainly see that with my own clients. Um, The, uh, uh, I mean, when you have a baby at home and you're bottle feeding them as gay fathers do, uh, yeah, well, we you're, tried the other you're holding thing, you're holding work. the baby the baby's with you all the time or they're in the crib or they're I mean at this point they're not even in a high chair so you know the dogs come over and they investigate what's going on right um, so they they get I mean with our dogs they get you know they come over they sniff the baby I mean you're obviously not gonna let them jump up and so there's this gradual I would say it's a very gradual introduction right I don't think our our dogs um, I don't recall ever having any real animosity until they became toddlers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, I watched like a hawk. Um, I still remember to this day, the uh, Tiffany was the dog's name who passed away this year. She was the only dog who ever took a snarl or snap once. And that was uh, when, uh, I think it was, it, was, I think it must have been our oldest, uh, mm-hmm. Mira, who had gone up to her and probably pulled something, right. an ear or a tail or something. I knew what was going to happen. I never leave. And I always tell my clients, don't leave your kids alone with your dog ever mm. or your cat ever. I mean, it's just an accident waiting to happen. And we're all part of their social order. And yeah. there's a hierarchy that goes on and you need to pay attention to it. Um, it doesn't matter how nice your your uh, dog is or your cat is. It's unpredictable. So um, I was there when it happened. It was somewhat it wasn't planned in the sense of what the dog did, but I was anticipating it could happen. So there was yeah. control of the situation. She did a little snarl and snap. She never did anything. It was like a warning. Um, and uh, uh, I reprimanded her verbal, the, you know, Tiffany verbally for doing it. It never, ever happened again with right. either dog. Fortunately. I mean, yeah. I've, yeah. I've had clients who've had to rehome pets that oh. go through... You know, and and go right through the gambit, including seeing a veterinary dog psychologist, right. somebody who's board specialized in things, and they just can't get past the point. So I think for us, you know, we have a little. We chihuahua. were extreme because uh, we <laughs> we did the our, hierarchy in our home. Is, uh, did you say a Chihuahua, much, uh, <laughs> Chihuahua, Docs, and Mix, and um, we brought our children. Our children were born um, in Oregon, um, yeah. and we arrived in L.A. when the children were fifty-three hours old. Uh, we brought the kids into their new 
room, their nursery. We put them together into a crib. They were going to, you know, be in one crib together for Mm -hmm. a while anyway. And our in-laws, our parents were there. And I picked up our little dog and just dumped him into the crib (laughs) with the two (laughs) kids at 53 hours old. And (laughs) one of of our sets of parents lost it. They were like, ah! Uh, but yeah, it was very important to us from it, the very get go that uh-huh. you know that both the dog kind of understand what these little animals are and that the kids start to feel as comfortable as possible. Certainly, we were going to watch, especially at the sure, beginning. Yeah. yeah, it worked out pretty well. Although, a question for you: so, um, uh, at what age, if at all, did your kids hit or kick one of your dogs? Did that ever happen? Because it's happened with us. I don't recall the kids ever, Not in all honesty, any of my ever. kids hitting or kicking. And I'm going back to my old older daughters as well. I don't. I, I don't think I've ever had that issue happen. They certainly hit and kick each other, and that's an issue all the time. <laughs> um, but the dogs, the dogs with these guys, no. Um, I mean, they're with, I mean, as the kids got older, they're with my ex-husband a lot and the dogs were down there later. Uh Um, uh, I was living in an apartment and he uh, had a large house. So the dog stayed with the yard when we split up. Um, But um, I think kids have more respect in a general rule. Our dogs are bigger as well. Right. for pets than they do for their siblings. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh, no doubt about that. Yeah. But uh, and it was not, you know, with our kids, it was more like, um, you know, you're 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 bothering me. You're in my way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sort of smack you out of the way. And I will say that I think we had a somewhat uh, unbalanced response to that because you know it really comes down to don't make us take sides between you and the dog because we can't decide which one wins uh, but uh, oh I do have a story actually please uh, but she wasn't old enough at the time so my second oldest daughter Sarah um, and I'll have to tell her about this so that she can listen she in she can but, listen yeah um, she decided to um, do some artwork with her scissors on one of our we had four cats at the time and I got a pan call from my now ex-wife and uh, of course if anyone's ever had a pet with an ear laceration just on the tip they bleed like there's no tomorrow and the pet shakes their head around so it looks like a it looks far worse than it is it looks like a murder scene so um, that is the one story that I have I mean but kids do have a tendency to pull tails and ears and things like that right what's the biggest myth you ever heard about uh, dogs or cats Maybe the biggest current myth is that they're like wolves. You know, this the current advertising techniques that the a lot of the pet food companies have when they're trying to. You've probably seen the grain-free yeah. symbols. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which is not nutritionally driven. It's not under AFCO, which is a government type of quasi-government organization that looks at nutritional requirements of pets. Okay. It started out as an advertising ploy by one company, and they put a grain-free logo on their bag, and it soon took off, and now the general population public believes that grain-free is something that has come from somewhere. Is it because a dog is supposed to be a wolf and a wolf is supposed to eat meat? And but they're, they're no more 
like wolves than we are like our predecessors 10,000 years ago. Sure. But I mean, that's um, the basis of the myth. Is yeah. And I mean, I dogs have gone through way more generations than we have of turnover. So the dog that we have today has been raised to kind of eat what people eat for right. 10,000 years or something like that. So genetically through selection, what our pets eat and what wolves eat are a little different. I mean, obviously the, yeah. the same in in most respects physiologically but right um, they still require some carbs they are not obligate carnivores like cats are mm. um and uh, but there's this whole marketing ploy i mean the pet food industry is insane what you feed your dogs is as controversial as what religion you are if you ever want to get into a debate with somebody yeah. to ask them what they feed their dog right and you will get an earful of what you should and shouldn't be doing i mean it's like a dog park conversation oh. you go in and the clerk at the uh, whatever corner pet store it is now will tell you why you shouldn't be feeding this or that i mean i have try and avoid uh, certain I would sooner talk politics with my clients here in West Hollywood than what diet they should be eating because it can open up a can of right, yeah. right. Well, it's important for us to know what uh, Donald Trump and Melania is that is Melania and Melania feed their dog. Do they have a dog? I bet they don't have a. They dog. don't have See? a dog. At least I, I would say that some political person is their dog. Oh, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, do you, um, so you're not gonna recommend what to feed the dog? Do, do you think that? Well, no, I. That, I mean, I. I will traverse carefully, and often I get people asking certain things. For parents with children, I do really steer them away from raw diets uh, because of the risks to human health. Uh, if the people, child gets that food in, in so if mouth you, so the Centers for Disease Control on the human side mm -hmm. they have information on their website about feeding raw food diets to your pets oh, because of the types of pathogens that are in the raw food it's been proven in mm -hmm. conclusively the types of things that are in there salmonella would just be an example it's not something pets really get I mean they could but it's not really a problem with them um, but we do know that they shed salmonella in their stools if they're eating a raw food diet um, and all raw food diets at some point are contaminated pretty much with it's because of how they're mixed together will have salmonella in them it's been studied well and there's been many papers that have come out over probably the last 10 years um, so your dog can end up being a source of, everybody washes their fruit and vegetables hopefully before they give them to the kids but they're not worried about the child going over and petting the dog mm -hmm. so if they have salmonella in the stool and they're going in the backyard and in the grass and right. contaminating the environment that salmonella organism will be there it's just an example of one thing mm -hmm. there's also other types of parasites that dogs routine, routinely get cats as well that children can get so those would be subjects that if i'm talking about things with people with children i try yeah. to address routine intestinal parasite control yeah. flea control proper flea control things like that because things like yersinia pestis uh, which is the plague still yeah. exists oh ooh. Um, let's not and get the plague there there are things within like orange county and la county where they warn about how many cases a year are still contracted by people so our pets wow. are our biggest source not rats these days because they're not in our homes, right. like with the Black Plague. But these organisms haven't gone away. So, wow. But our kids are more susceptible to many things, including um, 
uh, children can't and we can't per se get roundworms from our dogs, which is a really common puppy and kitten thing, Mm -hmm. but they can get inappropriate infections where if they get the like a uh, I think it's still the most common cause of blindness in human children is and it's not very common in California because it's dry but where it's humid and wet and warm if they get feces from a pet who has roundworms in a cut in their eye or they eat it these eggs that are in the stool can cause they will grow inappropriately and they can if it's in the eye they can cause blindness if it's in the skin um, wow. there's certain diseases and certainly in the intestines they can mm-hmm. become established not as worms but as an aberrant yeah. sort of disease so so this is um an argument for making sure that the dog is also kept healthy correct right? it's right? like yeah. protecting your kid kids yeah by I mean, doing something you yeah. should really be doing to help your pet as well. I mean, we live in a world where people don't want to use chemicals to prevent diseases or give vaccines to prevent diseases because they haven't seen problems with those diseases because we've been well protected for years. Yeah. Um, but it's like with, uh, 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 I'm sure we all heard, I, we may have heard or not heard all the controversy over vaccines causing autism and things like yeah. that. Yeah. There was a fake report in the United Kingdom, but people stopped giving vaccines for whooping cough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were kids in California that were dying of whooping cough, yeah. for example, and people just hadn't seen it before. I think, pol- uh, not polio, there were, uh, maybe it was polio. There was, there was uh, something, oh, measles. Uh, measles uh, outbreak yeah. here a few years yeah. ago I heard on the radio as well because people stop and they, you know, they think the diseases have gone away because they haven't mm-hmm. seen it. I've been a little bit concerned, as I expressed to you before we started, that this mm-hmm. podcast might not be controversial enough so I just want to say that people who are not inoculating their children are crazy. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I, I want to actually ask to ask, uh, but the other way around, like food that that kids mm-hmm. eat that can danger the pet. Oh because yeah. When oh. My, when I give yes. my kid chocolate, I'm st- all stress out that something drops. Like I I watch like around the table if something drops oh, on the floor. I like actually I'm gonna... love this subject. Okay, good. Because there's so many. You, there's a really good myth actually is chocolate oh seriously so so let's talk about chocolate for a minute so chocolate i don't worry about in my home with Mm -hmm. my pets from this perspective chocolate is not toxic unto itself probably any more so for you than for your pet the problem is so for we'll pick and the type of chocolate's important as well so let's pick milk chocolate solid Mm -hmm. milk chocolate the toxic dose is about an ounce per pound and by toxic that means you have to eat a certain amount before it adversely affects you one of the most toxic substances in your home is salt you don't think of it as being salt uh, toxic because most of the time you're not going to eat that much but per gram it's like one of the worst (laughs) things if you eat too much it can cause seizures and all kinds of things so chocolate if you ate the toxic dose an ounce per pound if I ate 160, I think I was 164 the last time I weighed. If I ate 164 ounces of milk chocolate, oh. I would be really ill. I don't think you'd get, I so, think you'd be really ill. Your chihuahua, how much does your chihuahua weigh? 16 like pounds? Five pounds or something oh, like no, no, that? Oh, no, no, he's bigger than 16. that. 16. Oh, he's a mix. Diet time? <laughs> how <laughs> rude. <laughs> he's big boned. <laughs> No, um, so your 16 pound chihuahua will eat 16 ounces of chocolate without hesitation they have huge stomach capacity and 
they will eat that amount. So you do have to be careful because if they have the opportunity, they will consume a large amount. And that's why their cats won't eat it. Cats are smarter than that. But a dog will just eat before even thinking, or many will. And chocolate's sweet. They love it. Um, So you're saying, so let me just make sure I have this clear. So if you drop a chocolate chip, don't panic. (laughs) Right. This is what I'm saying. only if you're giving the dog the opportunity to gluttonize them. Don't wrap your uh, solid dark chocolate huge trader joe what can i say trader joe's on your podcast yes you can they have those huge bars the kids like look at and salivate don't wrap it up and put it under your tree because the dog will smell it they don't care if it's wrapped they'll eat the wrapper and the chocolate (laughs) and they will need to come see me at the er and so if they eat a small amount of it is there uh period of time before it's out of their system and you don't have to worry about meaning does it build up over the course of weeks well, i wouldn't recommend waiting to see symptoms right. if you find that your dog's eating chocolate there are some i mean you can call the aspca animal poison control is the place we typically recommend to see if it's something if they've eaten enough that they're going to be symptomatic mm-hmm. and they will tell you whether or not you should go in and see your vet okay. um and uh to get on to back to the some really toxic things, raisins and grapes were banned from my house when we had dogs because they're not predict. We don't know what causes them. It's um, but they they can potentially be fatal. Even if uh, like a little box of you know little tiny boxes of raisins for yeah. like a retriever, you know a medium to large sized dog that can uh, be potentially uh, can cause kidney wow. failure. Wow. So and same with grapes. Um, I asked poison control about wine and they said, no, wine's not an issue (laughs) because how many of us have our glass of red wine and the dog comes over to investigate? I mean, my youngest son was terrible about going around and trying whatever was in that glass. Um, but wine's fine. Um, the uh, other thing that a lot of people don't know about is the sweetener xylitol. So xylitol is in many sugarless gums. It's in a lot of sugar-free gummy bear type things. Um, It's very safe for people and diabetics. So it's a common um, uh, sweetener. Mm -hmm. Um, It is very little is potentially, again, can cause uh, liver failure, severe hypoglycemia, low blood sugar, and so forth in dogs. What's the packet um, brand? Is there a packet brand of the xylitol? It's it's not brand specific. Um, Some, some, uh, for example, some sugar-free gums within the same brand are sweetened with xylitol and some are not. I happened to be at Starbucks and the Starbucks gum that I looked at, the packet had xylitol in it. Trident, some Trident I found online had xylitol in it and some did not. Um, So it's a variable. This is a good one. This is a good one. Um, We actually see this a fair amount where someone will um, uh, say their dog ate trail mix or something and then, and there was chocolate. They'll call because there was chocolate in it. The oh, chocolate is not the problem. Oh. It'll be the raisins that's the problem that we end up hospitalizing those oh, pets. Wow. Um, I had somebody who, uh, uh, this is just a couple of weeks ago, the dog got into a laundry list of her meds and everything like that. The only thing we were concerned about was the vitamin D gummies. Okay. And some are sweetened with xylitol, some are not. Vitamin D can be potentially toxic, but the poison control said there weren't enough in there to do that. But the big concern, again, was xylitol. Wow. Yeah. 
By the way, that's uh, a good list. At, at TLC, do you have uh, mostly dogs and cats, or any well, other? Any so other? we only look after dogs and cats here. I mean, if people you know bring in an injured bird that needs to be put to sleep, we are allowed to do that. We can't treat wildlife unless oh, it's mm. something like that. Um, we uh, we don't look after birds or pocket pets here. That there Did you are ever get a pig? few. Did you ever get a pig? Not here. No pigs. <laughs> I mean, I, I I come from Northern British Columbia, so I even I've even done surgery on a, a bear cub that a conservation officer inadvertently wow. shot through the abdomen trying to dart it. Um, but not wow. in West Hollywood. No, uh, dogs and cats are enough for us. I'm here. shocked. I'm really shocked that there are no pigs here. Oh, there. I've seen them. Oh, okay. Uh, there used to be. Um, I've seen somebody walking their pig up. Actually, uh, on um, in Hancock Park, right. oh. he walks his pig. Of course, uh, yeah. That seems reasonable. We talked a lot about dogs, but I want to also to talk about cats. Even though Alex and I don't, they have kind a of cat. get ignored sometimes. Yeah. Poor kitty cats. <laughs> because they ignore us. I'm sorry. I think that the feeling is mutual. But all right, whatever. Cats are very different. Dogs yeah. are pack animals or social animals. Right. Um, yeah. Cats are very ter- very territorial, just like they are in the wild, and um, they tolerate us. Mm. You know, I was I was listening to something really interesting on NPR radio, and they're talking about, and since we're talking about children, how you can, and this is memory, mm-hmm. uh, how you store things in your mind and categorize them. So we tend to categorize family in one area of our brain and things like names, um, according to this NPR segment mm-hmm. I listened to about a year ago and people will confuse their children's names and you go as a parent you're going to yell at one person or one of your children and you call them another name my ex-wife yeah. used to do it, and I thought how would you do that and then I do it all the time <laughs> um, people include dogs with that oh yeah where they will go to yell at their dog and call you know, or their child and call the dog's name or something like that they don't do it with cats oh it was really interesting. He was talking about the difference between cats and dogs. Oh, I'm going to tell but, my friend Karen about this. She's going to be pissed. <laughs> but cats are so much easier as far as I training see. and things like that. I mean, they're almost self-trained, you know, right. for the most part. Um, but with uh, with babies, did you heard of any strange stories about, um, about cats? I've had fewer issues with people with cats, I've, I mean, I, I can't think of one that comes to mind. I've, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for 28 years, so right. I'm sure there's been something. With my own four cats and having two babies with them, the cats sort of check the child out and it's like, okay, fine. Right. And away they went. And that was kind of the end of the story. Yeah. Um, the My children, my two older daughters, who are now in their mid and late 20s, um, used to chase the cats around the cats to just like find a safe place they tend to be fairly clever at evading it's more like an evasion technique the cats seem to develop right. um there are certainly cats that i have that can get aggressive with owners and those would be particular cats they're not that common but that i would be a little cautious of having around a child but mm-hmm. i have to believe that you've had to deal with um very severely injured dogs or cats um where the kids around the kid whose dog it is comes to the comes to the vet's office with the parent. I I, I don't know. Maybe it you're going to make happened. me cry now, right? I am. Um, this is part of the Barbara Walters portion of our. Uh, well, no, I, no, but seriously, it, I, it, it, it's happened this week with um, a very special cat. Yeah, and, and what, a special what, client with a daughter you, who was here with a cat who was hit by a car. Yeah, and uh, it didn't end well. Yeah. Um, so I guess my question for you is. Um, 
there are obviously different parents have different approaches at different ages to the yeah. way they deal with this. Um, if it were you um, at the different ages of your kids, um, God forbid, mm-hmm. uh, how would you approach um, the, the very physical aspect of being there and what you say to them? Sure. I'd love to hear some of that from a person who's obviously had experience on both sides of it. Well, I generally will let parents, oh, not generally, I let parents ad- address or include their children as they feel that is appropriate. I don't always agree necessarily with how it happens. Having come out at a later age, I don't believe in keeping secrets um, with my own children. I mean, children tend to be far more accepting and knowing of things than their parents are maybe ready to understand that they are. Um, I think trying to over, uh, this is my own opinion, obviously, having kids, uh, um, uh, nothing to do from the veterinarian, that when I see someone making up stories to make the child feel better, I, I, that is not how I parent. Um, I try and put it in uh, terms that the um, I'm not a religious person, so I try and put it in terms of you know when our our dogs died. Have you ever seen the movie where the red fern grows? No. no. So it's an older movie. Um, all my kids have seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's of a vintage of old yeller. Oh. Um, and so our two dogs. My my ex husband has some of their uh, ashes. We had them cremated, and I have half. They are planted in a, a pot with ferns. Oh, I see. And that's where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the uh, uh, you know it's it's part of it. And everybody has to do things with their own belief system, obviously, with how right. the, um, how you teach your children, whatever that may be. But I, kids can typically handle things fairly well. Right. So I don't think that you need to hide things from them maybe would be the better way of putting it in my opinion so uh, you know I must have been uh, we had a lot of dogs when I was growing up always the big mutts types and yeah. uh, I remember I must have been nine years old when one of my dogs got hit by a car and we rushed him to the uh, the vet at night and uh, it wasn't going to be good and my father, I think against my mother's wishes, I can't really remember, um, insisted on taking me into the room mm-hmm. where he was lying to say goodbye to him. And no, oh. <laughs> um, it was it is a memory that I will never lose. No. I don't think it was a bad thing. I just think it was an ex- it's an extremely powerful memory, and I think that I guess at least in retrospect I'm happy that I had yeah yeah you know with my own children I um uh, Tiffany who died last January she was in the hospital for a week Uh, she was in kidney failure came on suddenly like I said she was 16 almost 16 shy of a month and uh um I had taken her home with me for the weekend the kids knew she was sick uh and I gave them about a week sort of lead time and then I had her at home my uh ex-husband's fiance came up my ex-husband was out of town and uh so the whole family mostly was in my house and um the kids all decided what they wanted to do one of my three children um who probably most people would think would be the uh the i'll use the word strongest but that's not what i mean you know the maybe the toughest toughest that's a good word for it um did not want to stay and went to his room uh and uh the uh, my older daughter and he are they fight all the time um uh, he was crying 
the other, the uh, my youngest son stayed and probably if you wanted to say handled the best, appeared to handle it the right. best. But my older daughter went and comforted my oldest son mm-hmm. and stayed with him and helped him out. So it was like this family thing and um, the kids handled it very, very well. Um, it, uh, I think, you know, with euthanasia, often uh, the thing that gets people the most is just how quick it is. Yeah. And it's like the light switch. And that's a, still the hardest thing for me to this day is just how quick it, that yeah. is. Yeah. And I think for, and I've been in the room with the parents and the kids far more. It's my, it's the thing that affects me the most and the thing I yeah. I like to do the least, but I know is probably one of the kindest things that I could do for that family after being with them all those years. Right. Um, but it, uh, every child handles it differently. I think it needs the child needs to make that decision. If they're too young to make the decision, I don't know that right. they need to be there um, because it's a pretty that's a big thing. Yeah. To, yeah. Like it's you can tough. remember it to oh, the yeah. day. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, by the way, do your kids want to become veterinarians? Oh, that's a I good think m- I think many of them have all I, have all wanted to be or said they've wanted to be at one point in time. I don't know <laughs> if it's because they actually did or because you want to say that you want to be like um, your parents. Yeah, most kids want to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. So. Well, is there a chance for any of them? What do you think? Well, I, I still have three that are in uh, my oldest of my second brood. It just went into high school this year. She's in ninth grade. I'm, I have a habit of saying grade nine, so right. uh, which is a Canadian way of pronouncing that grade. Um, but uh, and my youngest is just in fifth. Oh well, it can so, still happen. That's yes, good. that's great. <laughs> you know, I I want to say that um, I've lived here in this neighborhood for uh, eighteen years and mm-hmm. have brought. Uh, two dogs to VCA, your hospital, and uh, I've also brought myself and loved ones to the hospital, the person hospital, a few blocks away. You guys are better, <laughs> uh, certainly in terms of caring and 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 treatment, and uh, it really has been a, a very special experience for for Thank us you. over these years. We try. We we. I mean, mo- most people get in this industry. They don't get into it for the paycheck, although I'm sure it can feel that way if you're writing the check on the other side of the table. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's like private care, right? So, But mm-hmm, the, right. the people that get into it typically um, want to do what they're doing and right. uh, get into it because of their hearts, usually not necessarily because of their heads. Yeah. Um, so we almost uh, coming towards the end of the interview, but I sure. wanted to talk to you about uh, your coming out because you came out today. <laughs> oh, you mentioned my, it. Yes. You yeah. came out at a later, later I did. age. Um, it's a whole different world these days. I was yeah. 32. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, was married. I had kids. I kind of, I had sort of, a, uh, I always had goals as a child. Um, I always was attracted to guys. My parents were very liberal and they had these books at the time called the Life Cycle Series and it explained why I had those feelings. <laughs> I wanted to be emulate those guys and so forth. So I had excuses. Um, what got rid of my excuses was uh, um, I had stereotypes like everybody else and I didn't relate to the stereotype that I had in my head. And uh, I ended up at some point computerizing my practice up in northern Canada and I would be there at night running lab work. I didn't have text so I did everything in the middle of the night myself. I was on call Mm -hmm. uh, and I got on, I 
eventually ended up getting online and my stereotype bubble got burst eventually just from we'll call it online research um, <laughs> which were just photos back in the days yeah. <laughs> and uh, I ended up being I was on a board in uh, southern British Columbia I ended up going into the gay and lesbian center I called first mm -hmm. and ended up going down and speaking with a counselor and I had no excuses anymore and that was when I was 32 um, and uh, uh, my wife and I had been going through some stuff anyway, um, and uh, it uh, was just sort of the, the end of that uh, end of that chapter, shall we say? And uh, we get along well, so uh, we parented well still afterwards in together. Columbia? She's in British Columbia. She's retired now, okay. and uh, uh, we have children and grandchildren together, and that's a it's a forever relationship, regardless. Right. So mm -hmm. yeah, well, that's amazing. And so, and then you uh, you got married and had. More kids. And I got remarried down here. We yeah. actually um, we were married in Canada, and the whole Prop Eight, uh, the yeah. old Prop Eight yeah. uh, thing happened. We got remarried here just in case. Apparently, our our marriage in Canada still counted under what the rule was in California at that time. Um, oh, but, right, that's um, right. I had um, I actually got my green card prior to it being available through marriage and then my citizenship. So um, I did the I, I got mine the old fashioned hard way, uh, and uh, then we ended up getting legitimately divorced. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> legitimately. And, uh, so the kids stay mostly with you or with your. So um, my ex-husband and I, I mean, he still works largely in West Hollywood, but when I met him, he was in Orange County. He always wanted to go back to Orange County. We uh, lived about four blocks apart and we co-parented one week on, one week off with the kids. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to move south. Um, and uh, it had to be a joint decision under our divorce. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the schools were our biggest concern uh, the type of education they were getting, the schools that were available where he moved to were far better than where we lived in L.A. Uh, and we couldn't afford private school for three kids, in all honesty. Uh, and I wanted them to be able to go to public school um, coming from my own background. So we made the choice that they would spend the school weeks with him and they would spend the weekends with me. So they're with me Friday through Sunday and they're with him Sunday through Friday. So they basically have the reverse Disney shuttle, meaning <laughs> rather than going down to Orange County over the weekend for sure. Disney, yeah. they come, they get away from that. Yeah. Oh, they're so lucky. What's it like to co-parent with an ex-husband? My ex-wife was easier. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're just different people. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of joking. Um, I've always said uh, that uh, I, I found very little difference between you're married to a person, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Um, so I've I find uh, for me personally and socially, it's not been a different experience mm -hmm. uh, either way. Okay, thank you very much, Mark. Whoa! <laughs> As he falls <laughs> off the chair, excellent. Thank you very thank much. You. Mark. Hey, thank you. This is a pleasure. Thank you. Alex. Yes. Hi. <laughs> Hi. We're back. So. The chocolate chips on the floor are fine uh, for the dog. Uh, yeah, and yet you're still terrified of it. Yeah, I don't know. So that that's the funny thing. I mean, we came back like all excited about this news about the chocolate. 
But still, from out of habit, I, I just, I'm, I'm still freaking out. I it understand. will take some time for me to kind of, for it to kind of sink in. But definitely raisins are so, not going yeah, to be suddenly, seen in our house anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty, that was a, quite a revelation, I got to say. Yeah. Uh, I was very surprised at what happened when I was talking about um, my experience seeing my dog Zephyr before he went. Oh. Um, yeah, I didn't expect to have that kind of reaction, but just talking about it was very powerful um, for me and uh, and was my first experience with death, mm -hmm. you know? And as... as Often kids, yeah. this is their first experience. And, and I'll tell you what, as sad and horrible as it was, it's I think it's actually really healthy. It's really valuable that you can have that experience with someone or someone that mm -hmm. you love um, when you're young and uh, it helps, I guess, somewhat prepare you for what's to come later in your life, hopefully yeah. later in your life. Yeah. Um, well, I grew up without a dog. I grew up dogless. Um, so I really discovered the, the joy of having a pet only when I met Alex and he was with a dog. Um, but I have two things that I kind of learned, I think, from Dreyfus. Dreyfus, rest, in, rest peace. in peace. First of all, we he died before our kids were, were born and we have a poster of him in our in our office and we, we're still mentioning him to our kids yeah. um, and tell them stories about him. But one of the things that I learned from uh, Dreyfus' death is that we must uh, cremate, how do you say it? Yeah, cremate. Cremate dogs. What? Because they just took him, we didn't ask for anything, we don't have where, anywhere to go. And I think for kids it's very hard to understand. Oh, I so, see. For, so for example, when Mark said that uh, that his dogs are like in plants yeah. or something like yeah. that. I think it's easier for the kids okay. and for you. I mean, you know. But I'm just going to say, at least for me. Our, our kids never, they don't know what 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 life is like without Kubena. Sure. So, so I'm just going to say I'm, I'm fine with the cremation. I'm fine with the plants. I'm not fine with an urn in the house. I just can't. I can't say, you know, there's Fluffy next to the salt shaker. I just can't. I'm <laughs> concerned that there will be an accident and you'll, you'll eat, eat the fluffy. cat. And then I just don't, I don't know. Just too many things can go wrong. But in the plant, I'm, I'm good with being in the plant. Pretty much that's it this week. Uh, all of our um, the biggest revelations and the, the rest of the stuff, uh, if you want to come back to it, it's going to be on the Gaze with Kids uh, website. Um, and you can also check everything out on daddysqr.com. You can write to us at hello at daddysqr.com. And you can answer this question. Should you get a dog or a cat? Probably a dog, but okay. Should you get a dog uh, or a cat before you have children as a form of preparation? I would like to know. I would like to know whether people think that having a dog or a cat gives you a kind of runway of experience for what it will be like to yeah. have children. And we're talking to the dads, not to the prospective dads. Nor are we talking to the dogs. <laughs> um, I, Alex, I wish you a, a great week this week. And I wish you a great week as well, Jan. <laughs> and uh, I hope it will be uh, with less criticism. Well, I'm spending it with you, so there will certainly be Well, only be I, uh, I am allowed to criticize you. I don't let anybody else. Fair enough. Goodbye. Bye-bye.